I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Clintons suicide somebody new. Army National Guard did what with COVID heart attacks? And, of course, we're going to talk national divorce. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni, and it's a WTF Wednesday here on Critical Thinking. I know you are dying to know about the Clintons suiciding somebody again. Again, Pat, I know you're you're dying to hear about that, but that's got to go in the WTF Wednesday segment. Because please tell me there's proof. Please, please tell me there's proof. This has got like for all the conspiracy theories about uh, all the other people that have magically committed suicide. This is the uh-huh. one that literally makes the least amount of sense from the information that is readily available to the general public. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. But okay, just- but but before we go down that rabbit hole, Pat. Okay, mm-hmm. before we go down the rabbit hole of of the Clintons suiciding somebody again, we've got to talk about national divorce. It's a topic everybody on the right is talking about. And, and we have sort of I think we've broached this subject more than once on this program over the past two plus years. But I want people to to think about this. Because it isn't just, you know people that are critically thinking, people that are on the edge of how do we look forward, that sort of stuff, that are talking about it anymore. And I thought there was a really good thread from Jesse Kelly the other day, and I don't always agree with him. Um, In fact, a lot of times I don't agree with him. But I thought his thread was very thoughtful. So I want to go through the thread, Fred. I want to go through the thread, because I can say that three times fast, and uh, apparently language skills which are really important to a talk show are yeah, failing think, me right now. You think? <laughs> but we're going to talk through the thread that Jesse Kelly put out on Twitter the other day. And then I'm going to get your thoughts, Pat, because okay. I think it's important that we get the totality of what he had to say. Then we can discuss. And I want to bring in um, the fact that some people had some discussion 
on it as well. And then I'll get your thoughts on the totality of it all. So here we go. Jesse Kelly wrote the following on Twitter. Since national divorce, quote unquote, is in the conversation again, let me share a few thoughts on it. Number one, I support it and I have for a long time. The reason I support it is I don't want any bloodshed and we're headed for a lot of it if we keep living together. He continues, the arguments against it, many made by friends, are almost all valid. All of them. They're good arguments and they make good points. Divorce would be terrible, maybe even suicidal, but for me, it is a preferable alternative to where we are going. Point three, as for where we are going, your federal government hates you and is packed with committed communists at every level who would imprison you without hesitation for what you believe. It gets much worse from here as history tells us. Number four, quote, the communists would never let us go anyway, unquote, is what one of the better arguments against national divorce is. And it's true, kind of. This argument, though, misses something. Guns and ammunition. The right has them. Lots of them. Lots and lots. He continues his argument, going on to say, the communists wouldn't want to let us go. But since they haven't disarmed us to date, there's only so much that they can do about it. In the end, quote, all political power comes from the barrel of a gun, unquote. As Mao once said, the communist is limited by the fact that we have them. Number five, I'm not naive. I know there's never going to be some formal meeting where we agree to divide up the assets and liabilities and go our separate ways, but we are divorcing anyway. Naturally, we're two different nations already. You just do not want to accept that because it hurts. But there's still more Mr. Padoni. He continues saying, well, I never surrender is another admirable argument against this national divorce. It is, but that's simply not real life. Every guy I have known, ever known, excuse me, every guy I have ever known going through a divorce has said something to me like, she's not going to get my dog. That sounds good. It sounds tough, but she got the dog in the end. Point seven, I don't want to be here as a country. This is horrible and sad. I don't celebrate any of this. It is awful. I want my country back, but I also want a toilet of solid gold. I don't have one and I won't. I have the world that I've been given. And then finally, the last two tweets. We are going to hurt each other if we don't separate. So for the sake of the kids, let's just agree that this isn't working. Point nine. Lastly, if you are against the idea, fine, but you better... Be one of the people who pushes aggressive tactics against the left if you are against divorce. Quote, oh, that's just some stupid clickbait. Just give me back my norms. Is someone who doesn't know what time it is. That's all. So I want to get your initial thoughts here, uh, Pat, as we take a look at the concept of national divorce. So... I agree with a lot of the things that he says here. There are some things that I question. I agree in concept and in principle of a national divorce. I'm, I'm not against it. I want to make that very clear. At this point, I'm, I'm not against it. And I think we're going to separate if we aren't already separating either way. I, in fact, I think you could make, even make the argument that it's already st- at least started to happen. However... I don't know that it's possible or at least possible in the way I think that most 
people are going to interpret a national divorce. Okay. Okay. I want I, I want to stop you right there though, because I okay. want you to expand on that idea. What do you mean by it's not possible in the way that people think of a national divorce? So when when people think of a national divorce, they're thinking about dividing up the country, right? In such a way that you have, you know, those that that aren't for the woke culture progressive lifestyle that that we have today that we see in like a lot of these like drag queen story hours all that mumbo jumbo stuff plus all the politics coupled into that 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 we're seeing a lot of our big major inner city type type places right Mm -hmm. and then you also have your more traditional religious type um suburban uh even rural living type people that that aren't for those things how do you divide up the country? How how is it that because like like we we could take take pick any state for for that matter because you have most cities right are going to be more blue in nature, right? We 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 know that mm-hmm. most places outside of those cities are going to be more red in nature. So okay. you have because and we've said this before. There's no such thing as a blue state. There's no such thing as a red state. You have blue cities and red states. Yeah, and and I think this and, is something that Matt Walsh also exemplified. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna get his tweet in here because that's some that's kind of the line that he went down. And he went on to say, a national divorce isn't feasible for the simple reason that our divide cannot be drawn along geographical lines. Blue cities and red states, red areas in blue states, would require a massive migration and resettlement of hundreds of millions at a time. Not going to happen. So in in that respect, he's right, because to to divide up the country geographically is not going to make sense. If you're going to do a national divorce, it's going to look very different than I think what most people are going to think. I think you're going to have, say, take Utah, for example. Mm -hmm. You have Salt Lake City, which is inherently blue. Um, Yes, most of the state is very red and very conservative, but not that specific area. So does that become its own territory or state in its own right, while the rest of Utah has its own way of life? You know, I, I, I think you're going to see a, a split even within states to where you have almost like enclaves of different ways of life, different ways of living, different laws, different cultures. I this isn't going to be an, uh, a north versus south or east versus west in terms of the United States. It can't work that way. It's it's going to be too much of a mass migration. Okay. Well, I will see your point and raise you three very important uh, situations that have happened. I okay. understand that you're never going to get everybody to coalesce into one specific geography or one specific area. Okay. Okay. But you're what Matt Walsh and other people in that camp are missing is our three very key ingredients that are already happening. The first key ingredient is you need to know that over 500,000 people exited. That's a net, by the way. That is that is people moving in and out of the state over the past two years They've lost 500,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's a half a million people left the state in the past two years alone. 
Uh, what number state is two. This? Hang on. Okay. Number two. What are the three highest states that lost population? Those states: mm, New, New York, York Illinois, and California. Now, it is California, New York, Illinois in terms of the the raw number. But it is Illinois, California, New York in terms of the per capita, if you will, right? The the net percentage lost. It is very significant. And the third point is these people are not leaving California or New York or Illinois or some of these other really, really hardcore blue cities and states, right? Because let's be real, a lot of the migration that is happening out of Illinois are people that are sick and tired of living through what's going on in Chicago. Chicago itself has lost a lot of its population base inside the city. Some of it has gone to the suburbs. A lot of it has gone across state lines, whether that's north, south, or, or north or east, or way out. So here's the thing, though. On the flip side, the reverse of that, it is Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, and not in any specific order, by the way, as to the places these people have left to. If you look at that migratory pattern, yes, it is true that Texas has become more of a battleground state than it was in the past. And I think part and parcel of that is the immigration situation. And you have a lot of people who are immigrating from far left controlled central and uh, North American governments, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so let's set that aside. The state of Florida, let's take a look at that. The state of Florida has had the largest influx of population to the point where they cannot keep up and build enough homes in that state and to the point where people are paying $150,000, $200,000 over asking price just to get a home in which we see all these crazy statistics that have happened over the past couple of years. Now, some of it has died down a little bit, but not enough in the state of Florida. It's still the hottest place for people to go, literally and figuratively in some cases. You also have Arizona in the mix as well in the Southwest. But but what people, what, why would that be happening? It is happening because we are supposed to be a federal system, right, Pat? We're supposed to be a system in which Each state gets to be its own experiment, and people will, with their dollars, with their homes, with their lives, tell you which ones are working and which aren't working, okay? So I I will see your point that it is impossible to geographically divide up this country, as in like every state has to be just specifically this, or every state specifically has to be this. Which is how I think most people are going to interpret that. But again, it is already happening. It, it is the, the quote unquote, the impossibility of mass migration is already happening. We are talking about over the course of the last two years, Pat, in just those three states alone, if you mm-hmm. add them up, we are talking about almost 1 million people saying bye-bye to the deepest blue of states and saying hello to the reddest of states. Florida is a great example, Pat, because with those migratory patterns, the last election prior to 2022, okay, where um, where Governor Ron DeSantis won, the, the prior election, he won by less than four-tenths of a percent, correct? Right. There are more registered Republicans in the state of Florida than not just um, 
not just more than the Democratic Party right now. It is the most recorded of any party in the history of the state. We are without any push towards this conversation of a national divorce, without any anything other than COVID, than, than the taxes, than all of the other economic and cultural factors that are already at play in California, in Illinois, over in New York, and other states. We are already seeing a million people over the course of the last two years say, no, thank you. I'm picking up. I'm moving. And where are the vast majority of them going? The vast majority went to Florida. They went to Tennessee and they went to Texas. Now, I have my druthers with Texas and how they've handled things. I believe them to be way more um, 50-50 now than ever before. But that's not the point. The point of the matter is people are speaking with their literal living situation. They're already naturally doing this migration. Now, yes, it's true that you'd have to have probably tens of millions of people, but but, Pat, but it but we are naturally already seeing people without any of this conversation being something that is talked about uh, at social gatherings or things of that nature. People are already they're done. They have had enough. They have had enough of the the Cuomo COVID policies, the Hochul, the you can look at where people are leaving Michigan and going to. You can look at every one of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad COVID governorships, right? Because mm. as Daniel talked to us about, the states is really where that fight exists. And he's right. But the vast majority of people said, no, thank you. And they migrate. They have migrated where? Georgia is another great example in their added population over the last half of a century or half of a decade, really, I should say. Over the last five years, they're one of the top four places that people have moved to. It is all because these places have become attractive economically, attractive culturally, and they, re they have proudly, proudly announced their more conservative values. Florida in the time frame from that first election to 2022, right? So we're talking 20, 2018 to 2022. He garnered almost what? Another half a million votes. He went from a 0.4%, like a few thousand votes was the difference in a, in a, what, the third or fourth most, most populous state in the country. Okay. He did that and turned it into a 13% win with more people turning out in that election than in the prior election. That doesn't just happen within a straight up, you know, nothing's really changed about Florida situation. What changed? Over a half a million more people moved to the state. And why? They moved to the state because of the, the cultural war, because of the economic advantages that Florida has. And let's be real, the weather has a, a bit to play in it, right? If you're living here in the upper Midwest, you want nothing to do with what's going on right now and will be going on over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. I mean, back home, two hour early release from school and they've already canceled school for tomorrow because they're about to get dumped on by another foot of snow. So, okay, if if that is not a, an advantageous and I hate the tax situation and I have had this happen to me, I look at it from that perspective, Pat, that the, the thing that Matt Walsh and his ilk get wrong is that it is already happening. 
It is a natural thing that is now it's not happening in the way that you're going to get 100 million people to go that direction overnight. That That's an impossibility. Of course, that's an impossibility. But if you in two years move the migratory pattern of people, this is a natural progression. And can you could you speed that process up with the talk of this? Yes, you can. It could go from a million people to five million. Look at what took place with the city of Nashville and its surrounding areas, Pat, over the course of a decade. They more than tripled their population, right? It went from maybe a city of roughly 300,000, maybe 10 years ago, right? To a city of almost 3 million right now, or the, the metro area, almost 3 million. All right, so let me, let me ask you this. Okay, I believe. Let me check on the Nashville population just to make sure. Okay, well, while, while you're doing that, I I, I want to bring up this this point. So, I I'm not against the concept, and I, and I and I I get what you're saying in terms of it. To some degree, we're already seeing it in terms of a a mass migration. I don't disagree. I mean, I I understand that you know we've talked about this before. People leaving Illinois, people leaving Chicago, going to other places. We've talked about New York and California in that conversation too. Mm-hmm. But what does a national divorce actually look like? Are we actually talking about states? And again, I I just like using Utah as an example. Are we talking about states like Utah being part of one country and then potentially Colorado being a part of another country and then California obviously being part of another country? Um, but 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 where you're you're basically hop skipping into different parts of but, but that, different see, countries. That's, but that's the that's a way too simplistic way of looking at this, Pat. Who is to say that we have to be two separate countries? We could be California, Texas, Arkansas. Well, they yeah, could all be separate. And, well, and yeah. I look at it this way. People, people today in America believe, in, and I brought this up to you off air. What do they believe about Italy today? What are they taught about Italy, right? If you asked a 15 or 16-year-old about Italy... Their assumption is that Italy has been Italy forever, right? Since mm -hmm. the Roman time, right? Okay, so the Romans disappear, right? The Holy Roman Empire goes away, right? Mm -hmm. Italy is just Italy. Except for no, Italy has not always been Italy. Germany right. has not always been Germany. Right. And in a lot of cases, even today, people identify more with their, their cultural representation than they do the Italian flag. Especially when you speak to people who are, have emigrated from there, they don't say I'm from Italy. They say I'm from Tuscany or I'm from uh, Sicily or wherever, right? Lombardy or I'm from, you know, um, from Turin or whatever have you, or I'm from the Tyrol region. They all have different, sometimes languages, sometimes cultures. They all have very different ways of life. And the only thing that has unified them has been a governmental structure that was in place for what, right? And in Germany, you look at the, the, the Bavarian kings, right? That was all the way into the 1800s, the late 1800s. You look at the Habsburg dynasty. You look at all these things. These are all small little principalities or states or city-states or whatever have you. We have just become accustomed to this is the thing that you, you have to geographically divide it. Well, yeah, you could. You could geographically divide it. 
Okay, there's still Florida, there's still Texas, there's still Alabama, Mississippi, New York. Hey, you want you want those values? You can go that direction. And yeah, sure. To your point about Salt Lake City or um, you know Omaha in Nebraska, right? Yeah, okay, they may be more enclaves, but they're the minority instead of the majority, right? Right, right. And okay, but you also get the parameters that would do what? Naturally want those people to migrate to other areas that represent those values. Because what you are arguing about and what the, the flip side of this argument is, is that, okay, so what you're, what, what Matt Walsh and other people are saying is then, then you just have to sit there and take it. No, you don't. What, then what, what would the response be? So, so I just need to stay here in Chicago, right? Because, well, shit, we can't, we, we're going to go through a national divorce and, you know what? Just stay where you are. No. Right? So the natural migratory pattern that's already existing, you can escalate for yourself. You can take an economically advantage, uh, advantaged situation. You can take a politically advantaged situation for yourself. Right? And so for those people who, let's say Utah becomes its own situation, right? Do you think mm-hmm. the values that leftists believe in are going to be things that they would like to see enacted in Salt Lake City, Pat? No, of course not. So what is the answer, right? The answer for them would be to leave and go to the experiments that exist in other places. And and thus we have a a broader agreement that we get to cross all 50 states as we see fit, right? Kind of an Articles of Confederation style to the governmental system. We break up, we maybe have a common currency because that would be stupid for the state of utah to have a different currency that would be idiotic but you can do those things you can give more autonomy to the states than we already currently have we have such a tight grip on the federal government so yes the national divorce might look different than whatever but i don't i cannot believe for the life of me that people would just sit there and take it one way or the other Right. So what I what I'm looking at is, okay. so a state like Wisconsin, right, a 50 50 state, about as 50 50 as they come. Where would they end up? Right. How would this play itself out? Well, it turns out it's really just a governor. The legislature is all Republican, not all Republican, but majority Republican. So is the state Senate. So you'd have a governmental system that reflects more economic values and more personal values cultural values along a certain line. Why would you ever, if you had those opportunities available to you to live those values and your principles out where, where you see fit, why would you not take advantage of them? I mean, I could see where, where a a scenario where even some States might even merge. Like for example, I mean, just, just as a possible, because culturally, economically, and for lots of reasons, I could see Idaho and Utah and maybe even Arizona becoming one thing if we're if we're going to go down this road. I, I could see that being a potential possibility. Um, I, I could see that with other possibilities with other states as well. I, I guess my point is, uh, is maybe I'll bring this up as a question too, is do, do you really see the federal government as it stands right now? just allowing states to do this? I mean, we could go down a million different roads, Pat, uh, when it comes to this. The reality of the situation is we've already seen what what the government will or won't do, 
It's called nullification of federal drug law. I, I guess. Have I guess. They, okay. This is my point with this, Pat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Illinois, California, New York, you name the state, right? They, they've already said that, no, we're nullifying federal law. We are, us as a state will not enforce federal law when it comes to this. Sanctuary cities. We could go down the road, down and down and down and down this road, Pat. The reality of the situation is you could simply just nullify the, I mean, we, we could talk the technicalities all, all day long. The reality of the situation is that people like Matt Walsh cannot accept that it, this is already naturally happening. And, and, it's, and it's just holding on to this concept of, of unification for what? Either, and here's the sad reality, it is people like that, people who have buried their head in the sand as to what is already taking place in this country. Because here's the other thing, the people that are moving from Florida or from Tennessee or from other places like that are moving to California, are moving to New York, are moving to Illinois. Why are they doing it? Because those places represent their values and they have the, that, that system in place for them. The, this is the reality of the data. This is the reality of what people are telling you on the ground right now with their dollars, with their jobs, with their housing situations. This is the reality that is playing out before us. Either either Matt Walsh and people like him accept it or they're going to be the first ones that get run over. And the reality of a national divorce, what Jesse Kelly is saying is let us separate. Do you? Because Matt Walsh is basically saying this is an impossibility unless there's bloodshed. And I don't disagree with him. Well, well, even Jesse Kelly didn't say there wouldn't be bloodshed. He just said that there would be more bloodshed if we don't. We're going down a dark, 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 dark path that people need to think through. And I don't know if you can step back from the brink of it because of whom is in control in the federal government. And we could talk about, well, you've got all the guns, but you're not the army. If you've studied history, you need to know one and one one thing and one thing only. You better have all the rank and file with you because all it takes is 10 to 15% of that rank and file to turn the guns on the leadership to say, no, thank you. We're done. It is the reality of history at all points in time. So rather than fighting it out in terms of <coughs> of literal bloodshed over land, let's 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 acknowledge that as 50 states, we are 50 separate experiments. We have 50 separate cultures. The culture of Mississippi is similar to the culture of Alabama and the culture of Louisiana, right? And the culture of Arkansas. It's similar, but it's different. The culture in Wisconsin is vastly different than the culture in Illinois. It's similar to the culture in Minnesota. But the reality of the situation is that you can create a a framework that will work potentially to lessen the volatility that would precipitate or predate any sort of violence. And what I'm saying is that people are already doing it. That's all I'm saying is is to, to simply say that this is an impossibility that you couldn't mass migrate. Without any talk of this, without any thought pattern um, on a national scale, people picked up and did it themselves. 
They said, nope, no thank you to your COVID policies. No thank you to more taxation. No thank you to all the cultural BS. No thank you, no thank you, no thank you. And then picked up and left and went to places that won't allow it, right? That have better personal tax situations or property tax situations. They have better housing situations or they have better job prospects or they have better cultural representation in government, right? This is what people have already done. That is my larger point in all of this. To to suggest that this can't happen uh, to that crowd, and I'm not saying that you are part of that crowd, Pat. The reality has to smack you in the face at some point in time that it's already taking place, whether you like it or not. Well, and I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that it can't happen. I'm arguing... Uh, I, I'm not even really arguing necessarily one side or the other. I, I guess I have more questions than not when it comes to this. And that is, what does this ultimately look like at the end of the day for the country? How do you actually divide it up? Because you could get into not even just economics, but resources. You could get into climate. You could get it. I mean, you could get into all sorts of different things here in terms of how do you divvy up the country? And then, by the way, how, how, if, do, how do they? How would you divvy up uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire? I mean, they, they, they clearly right, did. You couldn't fathom that right. 150 years ago, right? How, right. how the hell could we possibly get rid of the Austro-Hungarian Empire? Or how how could Bavaria be um, part of the same country as Bamberg? Right. Right, Wait, and that, what? that's that, that's what I'm saying. Is like, can can we right now? And I don't think most people are doing this yet is can they wrap their heads around of what this would look like at the end of the day? No, and I don't think we have to. That's that's the other part of this. We don't have to have the answers. We have we don't have to have those answers. We have to know what time it is right now. Number one. And number two, we have to know what our principles are and we have to be able to live them out. So seek out fellowship. So seek out places that will not not just be a rubber stamp on everything right because nobody will get everything that that's an impossibility but places that will be advantageous for your lifestyle let us take a look pat do you think for a second that the people who emigrated to roanoke right the people who emigrated to jamestown the people who emigrated to plymouth colony or then to new york to Pennsylvania, to Maryland. Do you think for one second that when they started that journey, they thought, you know, I just how how are we ever going to come together? How are we ever going to to do this or that or or form a nation named America? No, they weren't worried about that. They were worried about survival. They were worried about the here and now. They were worried about literal life and death. And I hope people understand that we're almost on that brink. And I, that is not hyperbole. It is the reality of the situations that, that are faced by people like me every single day. If I go out in public, I need to watch where I am. I need to watch what I'm talking about. I need to be very careful. Because the reality is I have no idea what somebody is going to interpret. I have no idea how somebody's going to react to it. A lot of times it's violent. A lot of times it's not nice. And you never know when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and said the wrong thing. And that's a stupid scenario to have to live out. But I actually value my life 
a little bit. And that's not to say that I'm fearless. I'm speaking in front of the public. Anybody can consume it at any point in time, right? Right. But I'm doing it behind the safety of where I record. I'm doing it with some safety behind me. I'm not stupid enough to just go blah, 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 blah. No, if somebody wants to debate me in public, go for it. Let's have at it. I'm not afraid of that. But I'm not going to speak out of turn and, and lose my life over that. That's just idiotic. The reality of the situation is that that exists in New York. That exists here. It exists in LA. It exists in Dallas. It exists in, in all these other places. And it can exist in really rural red areas if you are a progressive. It can exist there too. So we're already on the cusp of all of this. And the easiest way for this to happen is to allow for economic divorce, if you will, right? Parallel economies. Okay, cool. You want your urban area and you want to run it as a communist hellhole? Have at it, Haas, right? But the rest of us in the state of Illinois, right? Let's say I didn't live in the city. The rest of us in the state of Illinois are not going to be affected by your communist bullshit anymore, right? Or um, in Florida, right? Uh, okay, so we have a different set of values. Are those sets of values and economics and culture and academia, do they work or not? We might find out. Maybe Chicago works best and maybe Florida works best, but we're, we're going to actually have an experiment, I believe, happen here. That's it. And people are going to choose, pick and choose where they live based off of what they see as results, based off of what they believe as their values and principles. And of course, family matters and, and all of those types of things. But <coughs> increasingly, you can't even have conversations with your family. That's the reality, unless every single person ha happens to believe exactly what you believe. The reality of that situation is chances are you're being ostracized from things. Chances are you're the last to know about things or invited to things or they're talking behind your back or vice versa or whatever have you. It's happened in multiple families that I know of, especially during the COVID era. Take a look at how tr families treated each other out of fear. So I don't think we have to worry, Pat, about the, the end game here. That, that's not. No, we have to worry about starting the process. Guess Because guess what? Sometimes the perfect is the enemy of the good. And, and having lived in that startup world, and, I, and you have as well, Pat, you know this. If you were to try to perfect everything before you put it out to the public, you would never put anything out. It would never exist. That product, that that service, whatever it is, it would never exist. So if we want to realize that either we peacefully separate or we're going to, to a place that is darker than the Civil War, I, I just... It, the other thing that I think people need to realize is that this country is not above doing what other places have done. We talk about the Holocaust. We talk about the, you know, internment camps of of Japan. Not the Japanese, but Japan interring other people, right? And and the human experiments. The K, I think it's K seventy seven, right? Or is it mm. K seventy four? Forget whichever mm. one. It's awful. We talk about the Holocaust, but how often do we talk about not just the Japanese internment camps here in America, but the German and the Italians who are interred? 
here in America, put it into concentration camps of their own. Remember, nobody talks about that, but it happened. It's the reality of the situation. So don't don't think our government wouldn't be above doing that to its own citizens because they've done it. They've done it. They separated um, people just based off of their nationality. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, right. read so, this book. I mean, they, they, they did it here. So they did it. They did it under the guise of COVID. Don't think for a second that they're not willing to do that. Mm. So my point is, before we get there, let us let us go. Let us experiment. Let us be ourselves. Let us make our decisions and see where we land. And it, it might be an utter disaster, right? It might be. It might bring about craziness in the world. But the reality of the situation is it cannot continue the way that it is. Because eventually it is going to turn to violence like we have never seen before. It, it will make crystal knocked, I think, in terms of a cultural situation, look like child's play. What might happen if we are not careful? Because that's the knife edge that we're on. I'm not suggesting that that this is, you know, the the same or whatever, but I'm talking about the violence. And if you know what happened during Kristallnacht, it is one of the most violent, vile, disgusting, terrible things to have ever happened in human history. But have you seen what Antifa would like to do? Have you seen what some of these anti-fascist leftist groups would like to do? Do you see how little justice is presented to the victims of their current violence? Do you see how the government has reacted to only certain groups and then reacted to another certain group? Have you paid attention to it already? It's already boiling underneath the surface. So how do you tamp that boiling down? You let it happen. You let that divorce go. You, You let... You know, Florida be Florida, Tennessee be Tennessee, Alabama be Alabama. You let it go and let people migrate. Let people decide where they want to live and choose to. And it might take 15, 20 years for it to happen. But it is a worthwhile conversation, I think. And people need to start thinking less about. So I I believe in individualism, but right now I believe that you have to think about where do you want to live that can live your values out, right? That you can be safe in knowing that your value system largely will be able to be lived out. Figure it out. Because lots of states are not changing in terms of being red or blue or blah, 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 blah. I hate that terminology because, again, to your point, there are enclaves of this and enclaves of that. but I just, I, I cannot believe the people who don't recognize that it's already happening. That's my biggest bugaboo. Is literally that's the point of the migration. If if you loved New York values but you hated the property taxes of New York, you would just move inside the state of New York. More people moved out of New York than within New York the last two years. Same with California. Same with uh, Illinois. I mean, it, it's not just a tax problem. It's not just this. It is people waking up to, hang on, my values aren't represented anymore, and I'm actually under attack, whether that is financially, whether that is the COVID, 
you know, uh, passports and all that bull crap, right? Or take a shot to keep your job there, but not over here. I think it opened Pandora's box a little bit wider, but it'll be interesting to see where we go. I don't know that. I don't know all of it. Neither do you. I don't think Matt Walsh does or Jesse Kelly does. But Honestly, if we want liberty to be revived, right? If we want liberty, there's nothing more liberating than refusing the yoke of the oligarchical fascism we live in today. Honestly, I, I could see this taking longer than even our lifetimes. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I hope not. Potentially. But, I, but yeah. here's the, here's the rub on that, Pat. I don't, I don't think if we go down the, if we go down the more peaceful route, yes. If we're going down that violent route, nope. This might be a decade. That that's yeah, the reality yeah. of the situation, especially if somebody like Ron DeSantis becomes the president of the United States, where mm -hmm. you have such a strong figurehead of one side of the aisle versus the other side. You think he backing down? No way, no how. Well, it I I tend to agree. I think we are definitely heading down on the, the more violent but, route. But again, Ron DeSanctimonious is a global cock, right? Uh, I mean, you know, that's what Donald Trump told us last weekend. Of course, of course he did. But anyway, um, beyond that, Pat, um, you want to play the B or not the B today? Yeah, let's play the B or not the B. Yeah, because uh, I think we've beaten this one to death. <laughs> you think? All right, lay that headline on me, please. All righty, today's headline. Don the Lemon forced to do sensitivity training until he can learn to quit referring to his coworkers as dusty old broads. Don the Lemon forced to do sensitivity training until he can learn to quit referring to his coworkers as dusty old broads. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. While you're thinking about that, Andrew Coppins, uh, our sponsor for today is Coffee Brand Coffee. Uh, they don't care about your politics. They just care about your money. They want your business. And they really just want to make a good product with that money. Uh, they've got all sorts of different great coffee flavors that you can try. Uh, I know Andrew's a big fan of the coffee. I'm a big fan of the hot chocolate, by the way. They, they've really only got three flavors of that, but they do have the seasonal peppermint flavor that comes out around Christmas time, which is also really good. Um, they also have tea and stuff over there as well. Um, all you need to do is go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, use the promo code critical thinking at checkout, and you'll get 5% off your purchase. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com. Use the promo code critical thinking at checkout and get 5% off your purchase today. Alrighty then. Don the Lemon forced to do sensitivity training until he can learn to quit referring to his coworkers as dusty old broads. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. Andrew Coppins, your answer. Um, so this has got to be the Babylon Bee. Okay, why? Um, because, well, number one, it's not Dusty Old Broads that he referred. He ref I know what the reference is, so uh -huh. I, that that's why I'm going there. Um, now, I will say this. There's a lot of hilarious developments that have happened over the last 24 hours, so I'm going to stick with the Babylon Bee on this one. Oh, you're good, good, good on your instincts. This is the Babylon Bee. According to CNN's Department of Diversity, Equity and inclusion. Seriously, the DEI crap, by the way, is like one of the worst things to ever happen to corporate America. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, news anchor and, and prophilic storyteller Don the Lemon has been required to participate in sensitivity training until he can learn to quit referring to his co-workers as dusty old broads. Drama surrounding Mr. Lemon uh, began when referred to the 2024 presidential contender Nikki Haley as not in her prime and all rickety nickety. I can't believe you, Pamela P. Which, which led to his immediate referral to the Georgia Sensitivity Training Center of the Out of Touch CNN News Anchors. What is this center for aunts? Asked Lemon after being introduced to the center of female staffers and indicating just how far the disgraced news anchor would have to earn back the trust of America's uh, prune guild. Initial reports suggest his training session may have started off poorly after he referred to the 47-year-old sensitivity expert assigned to him as the silver scolder and asked if someone was already to already to take her to a nice uh, farm upstate. Mr. Lemon is making progress, said our chief sensitivity trainer, Loya Maple. He no longer refers to older women as uh, hagtastic or uh, hoary crones, uh, but is still working to remove a few creative uh, expressions from his vocabulary, such as uh, winklemongers, baggy ant nanas, and fossil posse. Uh, The center reported confidence in their ability to the exact lasting change in Mr. Lemon referring to the past successes, such as teaching Jeffrey Tubin basic laptop cameras as management and curing Brian Stilter of Augrotten phobia. They withheld comment on Chris Cuomo at publishing time. Don Lemon had returned to CNN, but was immediately fired after being after referring to his coworkers as the the SAG Battalion, the Hag Battalion. No, no, the SAG Battalion. Oh wow, 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 wow! Now we also have some developments on the Don Lemon story because yes, he did return to the airwaves this morning, issued an apology to his coworkers. I don't know about you, Pat, but I learned early on in life that if you're going to apologize, you apologize for the right reasons. You also apologize to the right people. It's one thing to apologize to the viewers, to the coworkers. It's a whole other thing to apologize to the person you, I don't know, actually intended to offend or committed a wrong against. And look, Nikki Haley probably is just going to dust it off and and go another direction, right? Like, get out of here. Which is fine. That's a great response. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you did insult her. At the end of the day, that's what that's the that's the person you owe the actual apology to, and you refuse to apologize. That's insane. I'm just wondering though, is CNN going to call Lemon Law and Don the Lemon? Okay, so Pat, all of that greatness out of the way, all of that wonderfulness out of the way when it comes to Don the Lemon. I think we got to go into WTF Wednesday. Okay. I don't know about you. Let's do it. Are you sure? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So before you get into the main story that we're going to be talking about here, 
because uh, we got three now instead of two main ones. We got three. Um, I, I'm springing one on you, Pat, literally and figuratively. Okay. Because I'm going to I'm gonna play for you a video, and if you're listening via podcast, you're going to want to watch this video. But um, it is East Palestine uh-huh. and your favorite governor. You want me to get one for myself? Yes. Now, folks, what you are seeing or not seeing, if you are listening, is an EPA official is pouring water out of a sink in East Palestine, um, Ohio, to all of these individuals. Pat, question for you. What yeah. are you seeing here? Thank you, sir. Grab one for myself. Uh, Mike DeWine holding a glass of water. I'm seeing a bunch of other people holding a glass of water. I'm seeing this uh, elderly chap uh, passing or, or pouring water in all these glasses and cups and passing them out. Um, and people on their phones recording this thing. And I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, not a cheers. Do not drink. Okay. Oh, snap. They're drinking the water. You're correct. You they are drinking the water. Masses. <laughs> Please tell me. Oh. I don't know about you, Mr. Padoni, but I wouldn't uh, be drinking the water. But I mean, hey, they're just showing you that it's safe. You, you mean, yeah, you, you mean you, like okay, congratulations. You didn't drop dead safe. in the moment. I don't think these people understand. I don't think these people have any clue. Mike DeWine is the most He's got to be the dumbest governor in America outside of it's Gavin Newsom and Kathy Hochul and Gretchen Whitmer. He, he's the most inept GOP governor in the entire country. I, 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 will, I will say that and I will stand by that statement right now. Here's the thing. They're, they're trying to show you that the water is safe to drink, much like they did with masks, much like they did with the jab, trying to show you all this stuff is safe. And then look what the hell happened. Right. I would not trust these people right. as that's far what, as that's I where I was going with this. Okay, great. In the moment you didn't just keel over and die. Six months from now, ten months from now. Yeah, sure. And also drinking one glass of this water is probably not gonna kill you. But if you drink it ten times a day, every day for a year, what happens? Well, notice they didn't chug water either. Took a sip, you know, like the, they, the they smallest little sip basically. humanly possible. Yeah, you see that one guy in the corner it. with like mm-hmm. the, the like on a like the beer glass or whatever. He took uh-huh. a sip and like went like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> I to go do? not to go conspiracy theorist route, but you notice the guy was standing just enough away the sink that I'm not even 100% sure that they're getting water out of the tap. They could be using something else that's in the sink. I'm right sure there. they got the water out of the tap. That's a, that's something that I'm sure of. But, I mean, what the fire truck? Like, okay, do I understand the, the, the want of the optics of, look, I'm drinking the water just like you are, right? The whole mm-hmm. challenge you to drink the water, right? Yeah, you, you go ahead and you drink it. The, that's not the point. The point of the matter is... Every day, Mike DeWine, I want you to have at least one glass of water every day for a month from East Palestine. 
Palestine or whatever it's called. Uh, he, he, I, I promise you he won't do it. Right. There's a reason for that. But you're going to subject them to this simply because it's safe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be drinking the water. Nope. Oh, I would be boiling it. I would be uh I would be making sure that I've got a Brita pitcher. I'd be making mm-hmm. sure, you know, um zero water like we have in our house that I would be using that. Uh I I would be buying bottled water. Uh I wouldn't be using the showers either. Uh, maybe, maybe I mean there's been reports of people getting rashes and crap and I, I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah. I'd feel about that. So Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm not a big fan of it. But yeah. that I was standing pat. Um I told you about a Clinton suicides, right? Yeah, you did. <sighs> so please tell me there's proof. Well, I'm trying to find where it is, but here it is. <clears throat> from not the bee, our, our fine friends over at not the bee. Of course, it's from not the bee because mm-hmm. they're on top of the great news of the day. Yeah, the headline: Arkansas cops ruled death of Clinton aide found tied to a tree and shot with no gun found a suicide. That's right. We have another suicide in Arkansas of a Clinton aide. Wait, she she shot herself, but there's no gun. It's it's a he, not a she. Okay, so so he shot himself, but there's no gun. Oh, this story is so rich, Pat. From Harris Rigby, I would just like to say that I am not suicidal at all, and of and of and am of sound physical and mental health. With that said, in the immortal words of Cardi B, that's suspicious. That's weird. Um, the Daily Mail, death of Clinton aide linked to. Jeffrey Epstein found shot and tied to a tree with an electrical cord around his neck ruled a suicide. There's still more. A A former Clinton aide who had ties to Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide by shooting himself, tying himself to a tree, even though police could not even find the gun. Quote, the sheriff's report into Mark Middleton's mysterious death raises more questions than answers as it rules he died by suicide despite no sign of the weapon that killed him. The report written by Perry County Sheriff's Deputy Jeremy Lawson says he was called to the ranch by worker Samantha McElroy, who had found Middleton's abandoned black BMW SUV. McElroy, 46, then walked around a cottage on the ranch. Almost immediately after stepping around the corner of the cottage, she started yelling, wrote Lawson. Upon reaching the back of the cottage, she pointed towards the rear of the property and asked if that was a person. I could see what at first appeared to be a man sitting near a tree. As my eyes focused better, I could see a rope of some type going from the tree limb to the male. Lawson said it was clear that Middleton was dead. I could see that he had a gunshot wound to the chest and that he had a knot tied in an extension cord that was around his neck, and it was attached to the limb directly above him. The deputy said a search of Middleton's vehicle turned up three boxes of buckshot and a gun case, but no weapon. Hang on a second, Pat. So this wouldn't necessarily just be... So buckshot is not something that you shoot out of a handgun, okay? Correct, This is a shotgun. This is a rather large thing. If we are if we are to l- be led to believe that this is actually the weapon, right, and actually what took place, okay, so buckshot. 
How do you not, if you're shooting yourself, okay, right? You're suiciding yourself with a shotgun like a moron and you shoot yourself with the shotgun somehow in the chest. Do you know how difficult that is, by the way, to do? I mean, you'd have to, I don't even know if you could. You even couldn't possibly tr- also tie yourself around a tree. Right. And, and commit this act. It's possible, right? It really is. Like you can lean on it and do that, but guess what you would do? You would probably suffocate yourself first. So it gets weirder because Middleton was a special advisor to Bill Clinton in the 1990s and signed Jeffrey Epstein into the White House on seven of the 17 times the late pedophile visited. Middleton also flew on Epstein's jet, nicknamed the Lolita Express. More recently, he has been working for his family's HVAC business in Little Rock. The police report was released by DailyMail.com by the Perry County Sheriff's Office. According to the Arkansas Times, Middleton's family said he was suffering from depression. He signed Epstein in and out of the White House for the Clintons. Then years later, like everybody else who knows the Clintons and Epstein, happens to have killed himself. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. But the impossible part of this story, Pat... Correct me if I'm wrong here. Is he shoots himself and the gun goes disappearing. And then he's also tied himself to a tree. So either he he was so depressed that he was going to shoot himself. And if he was unsuccessful in killing himself that way, because that, that, that does happen, right? He was going to hang himself. That's the reality that we're supposed to believe. Here's the problem. If you actually are committing that act, right, that physical act of shooting yourself with a shotgun in the chest, the second that you that you pull the trigger, it shoots out onto your chest. Three things would, would have to happen. You would have the burn of the contact, right? You would have all of the, the residue of the muzzle. And thirdly, you'd have buckshot all over inside of you. And outside of you and around you. And then fourthly, the weapon would just fall to the ground. Or it would stay in your hand. It wouldn't just go disappearing, never to be seen again. It'd be somewhere near the body, at least. Also, we're in Arkansas. Somebody having buckshot in a gun case with an empty gun in it is not in and of itself evidence that that was what was used. Right? You can't just assume that. He could have, it's on property. You could have that on hand in case he needs it to shoot an, a, a wild animal or something going on on the farm. <coughs> now, this gets better. Because White House visitor logs previously reported by DailyMail.com showed he appears as the authorizing signatory on seven of Epstein's White House visits, most of which were to the West Wing. In addition to being a special assistant to the president, Middleton was also assistant to the chief of staff, Thomas Mac McLarty. Middleton left the White House in February of 95 and was accused of setting himself up as an international dealmaker, exactly the kind of person that would appeal to Epstein. In 1996, an investigation by the White House found that Middleton had abused his access to impress business clients and was barred from the executive mansion without senior approval. Middleton has denied this claim. I mean... The the amount of coincidences that have to play out here for this to be true.
First, first, I mean, second of all, Pat, even let's say he actually committed suicide, right? With the gun. Mm-hmm. And let's say it didn't actually kill him, but he had that, that rope, right? So he was maybe able to throw the gun away, right? And then hang himself. Okay, maybe, maybe that's what killed him and not the gunshot necessarily. Okay. You still would throw the gun within reach of people being able to find it. Yeah. You ever try to throw a shotgun? You're not throwing it far. Especially if you're not, if you're uh, wounded, wounded and attempting yeah. to off yourself. Is it, mm. is it possible? Absolutely. Except for the gun part. That's the impossible part of this scenario. Uh, look, I feel for the family. I, I do. But this dude was into some bad stuff with some bad people. And well, I wonder why he was suffering from depression there, Pat. I wonder. I just, you know, I, I, I hear this story. It's a sad story, and and I, I feel for the family as well. Now, if if there's any silver lining, though, I, I, I hope it brings the Clintons to justice, but it probably <laughs> won't. I, this is just terrible. But uh, from the Clinton suiciding to. The army attempting to suicide a uh, otherwise healthy 20-year-old, 21-year-old individual. Pat, the story, if you have it. Uh, So the story, actually, I got to go back to it now, um, is from Carolina Stanchik. She was on the uh, Michael Mills show on on Daily Wire, and uh, she is of the Army National Guard. She has suffered not one, but two heart attacks since receiving the COVID jab. And uh, by the way, she's only 21. Uh, Just listen. Yeah. And this is like the first time I've really talked about it, but um, lies were made about me and I was denied uh, cardiology appointments after my second heart attack. And between the first and the second one, that's two months. And I had still yet to see a cardiologist and they had been denying me medical care for over four months. Yeah. Can I ask what the lies were? So they told um, the doctor that I was unable to make it to Fort Bliss, Texas. I was stationed in Arizona. I was unable to make it to Fort Bliss, Texas because I was out of state with a family emergency with my father. First of all, I was in the state. Second of all, I don't have a dad. And third of all, I was able to make it and I needed that appointment. I was two days after a heart attack. Um, now, what's I will say truck? this, Pat. This is insane, but when you read the very first chapter, by the way, of Rise of the Fourth Reich, this will not surprise you in the least. That's the reality. And I won't spoil it for the book club. Again, on Monday, we will be starting the book club for Rise of the Fourth Reich. But there's more. And so after that inconvenient first heart attack... You are denied heart care, cardiology care, on this bogus, lie, obviously demonstrable lie, and then you have another heart attack. Mm-hmm. That's as scandalous as it gets. Yeah. And I got, am I allowed to curse on the show? <laughs> you can do whatever you want on the show. Okay. So I got told when I had asked them, why is my appointment appointment canceled. I had found out through my platoon that it was canceled. They didn't tell me. 
and it was 12 hours before the appointment. And so I found out through my platoon, that's a HIPAA violation, opening up about medical information about others without consent. Um, so that was a big issue. And when I found out, went down to the uh, drill sergeant's office and I spoke to them and I asked them what's going on and me crying. I was like, this is insane. Like you guys can't just sit here and tell me that's canceled. It's been in the books for months now. And you guys are the ones who scheduled it. And so I walked away and I was like, I'm tired of this place. I want my medical records. And they told me to quit bitching. Quit bitching. Quit bitching about your heart attack that you had and the and the heart appointment yeah. that was canceled. Based so on I made those calls and found that, yeah, I made those calls. And that's how I found out that recording of the phone call through the appointment line and the case manager at the other base. And so I asked her, how long do I have till I can use this? And she said, it'll be um, unable to be used in two years. And so I said, okay, be expected. So what she's talking about there at the end is the ability to use this in the court of law. Okay, to to go after the the army, the the recording won't exist in two years time, and that's very normal uh, because you can't keep these things in perpetuity. Like it, it just doesn't. Sure. That's not possible. This is what your your bureaucracy in the army is doing. Meanwhile, they they're ramping up to make sure that. The sons and daughters of this generation, especially the sons, because here's the other rub on this. We don't have enough volunteer personnel, so you damn well know a draft is coming. They're ramping up to fight another war so that your sons who volunteered, right, can can go over to Ukraine. Meanwhile, over here, they can mistreat them. And this is the thing that has bothered me for a very, 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 very long time. This isn't just exclusive to COVID. This is, this is the bureaucracy of the VA, the 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 scandals that went on there, right? Um, the the treatment of people at the VA, where it's pushing pills instead of, I don't know, solutions, right? Where people are dying over and over and over and over again, endlessly in the care of the VA. This is one of Doc Thompson's biggest pet projects, right? I can't think of another thing that pisses me off more than hearing this story. Two heart attacks at the age of 21, because why? Because the bureaucrats said, get a damn shot. Not a shot that would help your readiness for deployment. Not, hey, volunteer for this shot until we can figure out its efficacy, right? And then, hey, you know, I, I would say this. You're in the Army, you're in the Air Force, you're in the Marines, the Coast Guard, uh, Navy, you know, whatever branch of service. Your body is not your body anymore, right? I, I will say that. Like, anybody will tell you that. But they don't have the right to put an, an experiment into your arm without your consent. And, and at first, that's what they were doing, right? With your own consent. If you wanted to get it, you could get it. If not... You didn't have to. But once they found out the dangers or the potential dangers, I mean, think about the medication that they won't allow you to take. If you're a pilot, you better not take Benadryl, right? If you're this or that or whatever, you can't take over-the-counter ibuprofen or Aleve for fear of losing your rank, for fear of losing your job. 
but they're willing to put that into your arm, not knowing, I don't know, heart conditions, right? 21 years old to have multiple heart attacks and completely and utterly healthy entering the service. How the hell does that happen? It doesn't happen without a stimuli. I'll, I'll give you a hint. And then to deny care, that person could die. And then to tell them to quit bitching. All because why? You don't want them to be able to tell the rest of the platoon, to tell the rest of their National Guard brethren, I got the shot and it almost killed me twice. That's where we're at. It, but hey, go ahead and let's uh, start another war, right? They're willing to kill you here or there. All in the protection of their power. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. And no means no. And for the sake of ending on a lighter note, CNN needs to call Lemon Law and Don the Lemon. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, make sure you're eating all of your meals today. And Matthew 547. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.